This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from One Trust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. This is Michael Saka. So today on the podcast, I talked to Chris Shepard. He is the founder of HashRabbit. The night before I met Chris and we were talking about Bitcoin and I could tell how passionate he was for this. And the more I dug in, the more I realized he was really preparing for the 10-year plan of Bitcoin. That, that kind of futuristic vision um, for a market that is so young was really inspiring. So I had to have him on the podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVision app. InVision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to InVision app forward slash RocketShip to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. 
Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. Um, so what we're doing is we're building software, the software layer for Bitcoin miners. So essentially what that means is we're, um, we're the Android and the actual hardware that actually is um, the thing that mines the Bitcoins. Yeah. We're the software layer that goes on that, that secures it and also allows more applications to be built on top of it as Bitcoin grows and scales. So how did you find out about this problem? Um, that people needed this software. Yeah, um, so about seven or eight months ago, I was complaining to my co-founder, who was also my roommate, uh, that my mining rate kept going down and that it was, uh, and it was all open source stuff that I was using and he was like, this is the most garbage code I've ever seen. Like, this is not scalable, it's not modular, like, you know, data centers would not use this. So um, he, he was just kind of like, oh, I wish I could make something better for this. I, I know I can make something better than yeah. this. And at the time it was just kind of like, okay, cool, but I don't have time for that. How do I fix this now? And so, yeah, I'm losing money. Like, you're not going to build it fast enough. And so um, a few months like after that, um, I basically was trying to scale the operation. So even though I was having all this trouble, and so mm-hmm. finally when I got like the hang of it, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to like host a bunch of these mining rigs. I'm just going to be able to like scale this out and everything. And then, you know, I realized that how do you, you can't automate this, like the software that's on it, like you can't build on top of it because it's garbage code. So okay. um, my co-founder basically told me that Gabe, he, he told me like, no, it's not going to happen. Like, and so, um, uh, essentially, we just kind of uh, scrapped everything else. I kind of figured out how we could make money off of this, and so I pitched it to him, and I was like, you, you want in? And he was just like, yeah, let's do it. And so, um, we basically, that's it's kind nice. of like the March, I think, yeah, beginning of March is when we were like, okay, full-time, both of us, like, stop doing contract work and... And just commit to it. Yeah. Nice. I, made, I made a little bit of money off of Litecoin. Uh, okay. But it was... When it, it went was up to high. 40? Yeah. Okay. Because I bought it like, $2 and stuff, so I, I made a little bit of money, so I, I told him to stop taking contract work, and I'd pay him. <laughs> I'd, like, make sure he's, like, he's okay, and he was like, okay, that works. So it was uh, I would convert, what I did was I would just pay him in cash. Okay. So it was. Um, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I just sold the Litecoin and then I paid him in cash and you can do whatever you want with it. But nice. Nice. Yeah. So um, for those that, that aren't that familiar, these like the kind of like junk code that you're talking about, mm-hmm. where, where were you finding this? And did you guys replace that or did you build something to make that more stable? So. Uh, the software that's so it's called CG Miner. Mm-hmm. Um, that software was made like a couple years ago, and because um, mining really started with your processor, you could mine with your processor, and then it went to graphics cards, and then it started going to FPGAs, and then ASICs, which are application specific integrated circuits. So okay. specific chips. The only thing they do is mine Bitcoin, <laughs> nothing else. So. Um, I mean, that software is, was built over time and just kept getting tweaked by different developers and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of people who were touching it throughout mm-hmm. the years. And so it made it, really, um, made it really hard for people to break away from that and to just build something better. Okay. And so 
the big the big issue uh, when we what we saw was just that you know everybody was using a different um, Linux distro. Everybody was using a different version of CG Miner. So if they were mining Bitcoin or they were mining Litecoin or they were mining Dogecoin, like they all had um, maybe not Dogecoin, but like you know there's there's other currencies. Yeah. In it. So you know they're just getting tweaked this little bit. Some people are making like. Uh, they're, so they're essentially just forking it, which is copying the code and then just changing a couple things and then resubmitting it and be like, hey, use mine instead. <laughs> so there's just a bunch of these guys just with all these different kinds of things. So it was just very non-standardized and, and it was just... Yeah. <laughs> we, so did you guys rewrite CG Miner then? Um, so because CG Miner has so much... Uh, so much behind it and every miner every single mining rig runs a version of CG miner right now so it's really hard to pull um, CG miner out uh, right now so what we do so CG miner has an API that you can talk to but this the API was not meant for like web applications it was not meant for um, being able to build tools with it it was just meant to maybe pull a little bit of data and uh, make, maybe make an, a native app and stuff like that. So like, is that like the reporting that you get back to yeah, like, some the journal? Like, okay. Being able to change the pools. Like, if you wanted to make a GUI interface, like instead of just the terminal interface that you would normally see. Yeah. So, um, so CG Miner is pretty clunky. It's it's not sure. usable. So okay. my co-founder, being the you know. <laughs> the dude he is, he basically was just like, okay, I'm going to take this garbage code and no matter what it pushes out, I'm going to organize it, I'm going to make sure it's like it's clean and then it, we can interact with it with this API that I just made, like a REST API that's simple and every developer knows how to use. Nice. Because it doesn't have to be C, because CG Miner's beta made out of C and a whole okay. bunch of other stuff. So, um, so we kind of left CG Miner alone because there's so many different versions of it and we, we just... Built where we just started building on top of it. Yeah. Um, so that, and then I mean that was just one piece of it, and that's just it's completely different when it comes to actually the operating system, which version of Linux you're using, which like uh, some people are using Windows, some people are like it's, yeah. So that became very inconsistent and stuff, and so um, people were using Raspberry Pis like with the ARM. Um, okay. I could see that chips and stuff. Yeah. But you know Raspberry Pis are not meant to scale. Those are little toys like. <laughs> <laughs> they're not meant to do those things and so um, you know ASIC manufacturers were starting to use them and you know like all this stuff but I think they um, they soon realized that that does not scale properly in a data center type setting and so those guys are moving away from like Intel processors and they're moving away from um a lot of those things and they're trying to make their own custom controller boards that can actually um, do all of this themselves. Okay. So it so you guys need to be flexible enough in all of these situations right. to be able to manage whatever server <laughs> that this person has installed. Right. So yes. that, that was originally what we were like, oh we'll just adapt to it. Okay. But it didn't end up like that. <laughs> and then, yeah. So we built all these tools and then when we started trying to integrate people into it then that's when the real issues started coming where it was just like, hey, I don't have, my firmware is not up to date and they're still vulnerable to heart bleed and still vulnerable to all these like security issues. And it's like every manufacturer is like this. They're, they're all built differently and they all, there's no, there's no standard way of doing things. And so we would have to adapt to each individual mining company in order to 
put our software on it and stuff. And yeah. if they were just one version behind, they or like their firmware was one version behind, we, we can't help them. If they got hacked, they might blame us. So there's all these like really risky things. And when you're in Bitcoin, like you're really you have one chance. If you screw it up and everybody hates you, good luck trying to make your reputation good again. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. So <laughs> you guys are part of the Boost VC. Um, incubator, right? Yeah. Um, or an accelerator. Uh, yeah, it's like a accelerator. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, what kind of like what kind of reception have they gotten to like the actual business of Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. What are some of the concerns that are coming up? Um, you guys are there with a bunch of Bitcoin companies. Mm-hmm. What are some of the general concerns or not concerns that you guys have found around the business of Bitcoin? Um, I mean, just to address the concern stuff is like. I would say there's there's people who believe in Bitcoin and there's people who don't believe in Bitcoin mm-hmm. or are not convinced yet. And Boost VC, the reason why we went with them is because they're um, they funded the most Bitcoin startups. They they know that it's going. I mean, Tim Draper um, has stated like just recently, I think twice in the last like week, that in three years Bitcoin being ten thousand dollars each and. That I mean, that's a really bold statement, but it's like it's not the U.S. that's going to drive this. So because um, okay. everybody's been asking me about why ten thousand dollars, <laughs> like, um, so if viewers or listeners are <laughs> curious, there, it's a lot of out of country stuff. Okay. But um, Boost VC, um, they 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 get it, and it's a lot harder as a Bitcoin company. Um, to pitch an investor Bitcoin and try to convince them just on the concept of Bitcoin and then just trying to convince them about what you do. And we're on the mining side, so we... So we're doing transaction processing. That's what, mining is the thing that secures Bitcoin. Right. And so um, the reason why Bitcoin is so amazing and awesome is because there's, there's this proof of work that you have to verify. And so... Um, convincing an investor just on Bitcoin and then having to convince them that the back-end system is so important is just even harder. So it's, I've really tried to avoid a lot of those and I feel like luckily for us is that um, since since 2013, since the rise of the price and everything, it's been a lot easier to talk to an investor and explain, but like, um, to convince them. But mm-hmm. like Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, like, from the stories I hear, like he's had a he had a lot of trouble okay. um, trying to raise money in 2012 and stuff, and so it's um, I think it's a different playing field now. But right. definitely, I try not to waste my time with people who are not. You have so to, need to get it first. Yeah, and, right. And then we I, talk I, the business. Right. It. Okay. In 2011, I got approached when Bitcoin was eight dollars and stuff, and I wasn't convinced, and I, I shrugged it off, and I didn't care about it. But it took two years before, like, yeah. I was like, whoa. There's something here. I gotta like, I gotta look into this more. Like, okay. and so I think it, it takes it takes some time to really get convinced about Bitcoin. It's not something that just like Bitcoin. There it is. Like, here we go. Like, this is the next big thing. And it's not like that. And so, are yeah. people focused on the the value of Bitcoin? Um, like, if you have a Bitcoin business and Bitcoin goes up to $10,000 a coin, yeah. is that something that, that, like, investors are concerned, not concerned, but are looking as an advantage? Or um, are they interested literally for the business of um, your business, right? mm-hmm. aside from what currency that you're operating in? Right. Um, so what I've seen is that there's investors who, and this is where you, again, see the investors who are 
they say they're committed to Bitcoin and they, they see the future of it. And then there's the ones that are just like, you know, they're gung-ho. And um, we, so transactions, number of transactions is super important. But right now it's not, it's not as high as it could be. The price is just super volatile and it's yeah. just like going up and down constantly. So you can't, it's really hard um, to measure where it's going to be in three years. It's hard to measure where it's going to be in a month. Yeah. And so does that affect the value of your company? That's a good, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I think that it, it might affect the value, um, to the face value to some people. Okay. But again, those, those investors that are, they understand that this is the next thing. And yeah, like the, the investors who understand that this is the next thing, they know that this is going to happen. Like the internet, when the internet was first being made, there was tons of uh, there was tons of vulnerabilities. There was people were uh, people were not convinced of the internet. Like yeah. they were not like they were like, "What is this? Why would I use this? Why would I like? I can use a telephone. Like why? Like you know?" And yeah. so there's there's a lot of. Um, there's going to be a lot of those skeptics and like, why would I use this? Who would use this? And, you know, so all these reasons and stuff. So I feel like if you just believe that if he, and that's, this is why I got so interested in like the infrastructure of Bitcoin mm -hmm. and how, because that's the only reason Bitcoin is going to continue to scale and become, because you can't, um, you can't advance merchant adoption. You can't advance consumer adoption and all these things without having easy to use, understandable tools. Like when the internet was, when the internet was that easy where all I had to do was sign up for AOL and then it just did a cool dial up and then all I had to do is just hit, you got mail. Or like I can kick the games and stuff. When it's just that dead simple, yeah. that's when I think um, Bitcoin is going to really, really take off. But at the same time, I mean, you, the U.S. is so lucky. We have such a good infrastructure for um, our payments, banking, all of these different things that we take for granted that there's a bunch of other countries that they don't have this kind of tech. Right. And so they're going to skip this whole, like, this whole tech change, and they're just going to, it's just going to adapt a lot better, and I think. Okay. You know, faster um, adoption. Faster adoption yeah. in, in other countries specifically. And, I mean, Africa, like, we're looking in, like, um, Argentina's, you know, economy is like going up oh, and down yeah. constantly. So That's it's a mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you prevent that? I mean, when the government shutdown happened last year, like mm -hmm. China, China kind of freaked out a bit because it was like they were the ones who hold the most USD and yeah. are, are like fiat currency is not based on gold anymore. It's based on your government. So yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're not. Um, so they were freaking out, and so that's I mean, part of the reason why the price drove up, but it was just like, why not invest in something that does not rely on the government? And so, I, I mean, it's very interesting because I feel like there's all these different um, things that have to be built out and have to be supported and stuff in order for Bitcoin to even flourish as, as I mean, yeah. Just like the internet. Currency, right? Right. It's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. So are you guys concerned at all about regulations? Uh, specifically government regulations here, overseas, um, you know, does, is that a, a big um, worry of, of yours? For, for maybe for some of the other Bitcoin companies it might be. Um, definitely I'm, I am concerned about it and I should, I'm keeping up with it so mm -hmm. I know what's going on. But at the same time, it's, um, regulation is good in a way. Okay. So um, there's bad things about regulation, I think, and then there's good things. 
Um, the good things, I think, is you have a standard. There's a standard thing that everybody has to abide by, and it makes sure that everybody who invests, everybody who's involved is a lot safer. Okay. You don't have a Mt. Gox situation where everybody loses their money because they don't know how to properly secure their 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 money. Like, yeah. I mean, my, my co-founder, he's, he's a white hat, an ethical hacker, so he... <laughs> I mean, he went through Mt. Gox's code during um, when that whole spiel happened, and I mean, they were having rounding errors and stuff in there. And really, yeah, it's like little okay. things like that is super critical when, especially when you're messing with it's money. Currency. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't do that. And so, regulation is super important because of um, it keeps it makes sure that everybody abides by these rules. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like Bitcoin companies have an opportunity right now. Why not instead of trying to allow others to uh, regulate us, why not just try to hold ourselves accountable and try to secure everything and do everything the best way possible so then we don't have these situations but now you you as a company are now a uh, a leader you you are now setting a standard mm-hmm. and so there's no reason now that uh, an organization of some kind has to set that standard for you it's like you're setting the standard for everybody else who joins in so regulation is uh, interesting but also the other thing with mining um, mining is just such a new concept to people that okay. I don't, like they don't even know what to do with mining <laughs> like, you know like I, I mean they barely understand Bitcoin, so it's like when it comes down to the mining side, like yeah. how do you even regulate that? And it's like, so I mean, that's really interesting. And I feel I want I want to I want to be a big player in in the mining sector, so I can actually I want to be involved in that because uh, yeah. if there is a regulation that's going to happen, I I want to make sure that you know there's the best intentions are being put in. It's not just this mumbo jumbo that you know of what they think is better for the ecosystems. Like, you don't know the ecosystem. Right. Like, you're not in it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but definitely, uh, I think because Bitcoin is uh, more open source and transparent because of its, um, it's not a company that's behind it. Yeah. It it's, it's gives the opportunity to the people to really, um, if you really do want this to be not regulated and to be decentralized and to be valuable for everyone, then we need to take ownership ourselves and not rely on our government or rely on organizations to make these rules for us because if we do then then that's when uh that's when more people yeah. start making money off of us and we'll end up with what we have today yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that that makes a lot of sense um i'd love to learn a little bit about your operation um it's you your co-founder and now you just brought on a designer mm-hmm. right um what do you pay it well what's your currency um, so right now we are um, we ra- we're raising money for more uh, with cash. Okay. But it definitely um, we do know a couple Bitcoin investors that you know did make some good money during the whole Bitcoin like oh. boom and stuff. So yeah. they had a lot. Um, so we we have we have some Bitcoin and we we're more using it as like more using it as a, a tool to. Uh, empower our employees as well as like so for example um our designer she she basically uh didn't really understand bitcoin and she's been hearing me like for the last year talk about bitcoin and she's <laughs> thinking i'm crazy and stuff and but yeah, i mean in a way it's kind of good that she's she's completely on this but like 
I sent her a dollar like the first time and I was just like, you see how easy that was? You have a dollar of Bitcoin now. Huh. And, like she's, she was like, actually like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, this is interesting. And so she actually like requested from me that she wanted, excuse me, um, wanted to uh, be paid like some of her salary in Bitcoin. And this is not uncommon to other startups that I've, I've met that there are employees who are just like, I want some Bitcoin. And okay. So we, we're trying to have like a little tiny fund of Bitcoin, but as well as like, if we buy low and then the price goes up, the company does well as well because now we have more of it. And um, so we're trying to keep, you know, for us, we're not a merchant or anything. And our, so we're more into keeping it and being able to utilize it for different things, paying our employees. Um, potentially, so um, just an example, something that I think a lot of companies should start doing is like, I was going to contract a German, um, a German artist to, uh, work with us and stuff or like, and like animated video and okay. stuff like, yeah. but, um, I mean, if I was going to send him money right now, it's going to, it's probably going to cost me way more to send it to him. And he's going to, it's going to take even longer to get. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, Hey, are you opposed to me just paying you in Bitcoin? And He's like, no, actually, I would actually want that. He, and it, it, was, it took a little convincing of him like, just to even be into Bitcoin, but yeah. when I asked him if I could pay him in Bitcoin, he's like, yeah, I'll take it. Okay. And so okay. I don't know if he was going to keep it or not or if he's going to convert it, but just him, the fact, wanting to, he willing to accept it, yeah. it was more than enough where it's just kind of like, I can send this guy money and not have to pay extra. He gets it immediately, can start working, and it's this... Now this thing is flourishing, so it's um, so I feel like there's a lot of benefits that I can you can start contracting more outside employees. You can start yeah. so there's a lot of things I think we can do with Bitcoin. And that's why we're kind of holding. Can I have some, and you're paying the salaries in USD, mm-hmm. kind of bonuses or extras in, yeah, in Bitcoin, Bitcoin right now. Yeah. What happens if you raise money in Bitcoin? Do you have to, do you pay tax on it? Or like, how does that, how does it get reported? Dude, I don't uh, That is something I'm still trying okay. to get. <laughs> it's, um, that, that's the only reason I've been really hesitant about taking money from Bitcoin investors because, I mean, uh, if I take money from them and, you know, since it's on capital gains tax and stuff, then, if it goes up to a thousand dollars, if it goes to ten thousand dollars, then like now I have to like my employees have to pay that, like I have to pay it, like it's this crazy thing where yeah. so it's it's interesting. Like we're still trying to kind of figure it out, like how how everything's going to work. We're keeping track of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, we haven't gotten to it like tax season again, where we're just kind of like, okay, how do we do this? <laughs> like, so, how do we stay, yeah. stay clean? Right. Yeah. It's a business now. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, what is what's one company in Boost that you are really excited about that you want more people to know about? Or not even in Boost, maybe just in Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, if I, I mean, this is for Boost, but um, it's because this guy has been like he's been amazing help for me, but he's also been just a mate, like incredible. Like he Zapchain, it's called Zapchain. Okay, uh, Zapchain.com, but he. Uh, Matt, yeah, uh, he basically uh, built this built this website. Got into Boost, um, kind of pivoted right when he got into Boost. Built this whole website himself, and then has like almost two thousand uh, Bitcoin co- like founders on there. He has Bitcoin investors, wow. and it's just like it's kind of like a Quora mixed with like a LinkedIn kind of mixed with a 
of Reddit. And the the reason why uh, this is kind of really valuable, I think, is it's... And this is, it's, it's interesting because he's in Bitcoin, but he's not doing anything specifically with Bitcoin, but he is helping the, the it's, uh, ecosystem in whole. But right now, he, the only places to really get information about Bitcoin and keep updated and stuff is um, our Bitcoin on Reddit or Bitcoin Talk. And there's not very many other places that you can go to. And the problem with these places is that they're anonymous. They're also, they're not really, like, friendly to a lot of people. So older people who don't really go on Reddit and stuff, they're not, it's harder to get. the first Reddit experience that you want. Right, right. And people get trolled all the time on Reddit, and you might be asking just a genuine question, and then just people are just wrecking you, and it makes you discouraged. Why do you want to come back here? And so what he did is he's holding everybody accountable, where he's just like, you have to sign in with your Facebook, you have to validate that you are who you are, and then if you, if you, answer a question that somebody has and other people in the community believe that your answer is the best one, they'll upvote it. And every time you get the upvote, you get like a little bit of influence. And you get this influence score built up where now you're actually a credible person because you've answered people's questions, you've done things, you're, you know, people are following you and stuff, people are obviously um, believe that you are somebody that they should be listening to. Okay. And so it validates this whole thing where now it takes away kind of a little bit of the anonymous kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but now it allows people to just, and also like in the last couple of years, as Bitcoin keeps growing, more and more people keep asking the same exact questions. So this prevents it from actually having to ask the same questions okay. and it allows everybody to just kind of search through it and just be able to ask a question and just kind of be able to find the answer and be able to see multiple people's answers. Okay. So you're now not just seeing one person with a really good answer, you're seeing a bunch of people with their answers. And it, I, I feel like if for a new person who's getting into Bitcoin, it's a real good way to um, learn and just get really familiar and then eventually just start becoming uh, someone valuable and that to be I, able to participate. Yeah, right. that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So where can we keep up with you and HashRabbit online? Uh, so hashrabbit.co our Twitter handle I'm still working on it but it's gethashrabbit so if you want to follow me or follow the company or whatever we post a bunch of things about mining and other stuff but yeah awesome. um, and then if you just want to contact me directly chris at hashrabbit.co so awesome yeah <laughs> cool thank you so much yeah thanks for having me <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the rocket ship podcast if you enjoyed it we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website check them out rocketship.fm and while you're there make sure you sign up for our newsletter where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to amas with our guests that's rocketship.fm sign up today
remember things I don't 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 remember Get here. Ah.